Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bell Collective podcast. Bell Collective is a community for professional women who want to change the stereotypes surrounding female travel and creative choices. And I'm your host, Alina Rudia. Today is my first podcast ever. Um, I cannot believe I'm telling you that in 2020, but it is true. And I'm speaking with my first guest and a friend, Marion Vicente Pear, a photographer and travel blogger from Vienna, Austria. We are going to discuss the changes to the photography industry in the corona times, uh, female empowerment, annoying gender stereotypes, and procrastination at some point. This interview is converted from our Instagram live session. Unfortunately, we didn't start recording from hello. So let's go straight to my first question. Marion, you are a travel photographer and travel blogger. That's important to say because obviously right now your uh, your job is just like my job as a travel photographer is basically non-existent. <laughs> Maybe you will tell us about your current uh, work situations. Like, did you lose uh, many jobs? Did you actually find new jobs? Are there any projects you're working currently on? Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so for me, usually the year starts with the ITB, with the tourist fair in Berlin, mm -hmm. which was canceled, as you know. It should have happened at the beginning of March, and just a couple of days in advance, they canceled the whole thing. So this was oh, yeah. quite the bummer, and uh, yeah, it set the tone for the rest of the year. So for now, all my travel projects are on hold, or at least postponed. All my clients have the same issue. They don't know when they are going to open again, when they can even have travel bloggers uh, at their hotels or destinations. But uh, lucky me, I have uh, like a second uh, project. I have a social media agency with uh, three others. And we have clients also outside of the tourism industry. And this is kind of my, yeah, my oh, the only thing that I'm working on right now and the only thing that's making me money. I did uh, okay. get creative and started a, a print shop Right at the beginning of the of the Corona uh, quarantine, I just sat down and programmed this within a few days. And luckily, thank you to all my uh, followers. Some people already bought some prints, but this is obviously not going to pay my rent like over the long term. So I have to work a few other things as well. <laughs> I just launched my own print shop today too. I think I have to market it better, like so, to to people because uh, I always postponed it and postponed it. You know, I was like ah someday and now I think this is the day if there are people who want to buy our prints uh, from our travels our pictures now is the time you will be supporting hungry artists <laughs> uh, this is uh, we, yeah we're not hungry I mean we are lucky to to probably live in the countries where we're supported by uh, either our government or by our own uh, financial situation from the past we had some savings uh, Marion you have another job as you say so this is a this is basically a good thing to know because um, obviously there's a lot of freelancers who are in a totally different situation right now in other countries I can totally understand their situation it can be really really hard absolutely and in the tourism yeah. industry the situation is devastating people are basically not just losing money but many are losing their livelihoods If you look at countries like where I've been last in India or in Africa, in yeah. Zambia, the lodges, when they close, then people lose their jobs. And then the pressure there is just to put food on the table. And this is, you know, this is a problem that we we are lucky. We just have to see how we come by and uh, survive being at home for a couple of weeks. But that's a different situation. 
Well, this is this is the sad part of it, I guess. But um, I mean, there are, in in all the times, even non-corona times, there are people who are suffering, unfortunately, and we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that our profession is probably um, seen by many as uh, something very elitist or probably like, you know, the first world problems. Boo-hoo, the influencers cannot travel right now. So that's true. Like, we have to acknowledge that. But let's probably talk a little bit still about photography because I think a lot of people are following us because of that. I have a question to you. You have a blog uh, also where you write about your travels. Obviously not right now, but uh, this is, I I love reading your blog because it's uh, it's unique. It shows your point of view. I agree uh, with you on a lot of different issues, uh, which you also discuss in your blog. But uh, generally, There's always this negative connotation when people hear the word like, oh, I'm a blogger or he's a blogger. And uh, I usually really don't like it because whenever people call me a blogger or an influencer, they always mean it negatively. Can you please probably like break and some stereotypes and cliches surrounding bloggers and influencers? Maybe some like insight about um, why it's not always a bad word and actually we can change something with our job. Yeah, so I mean, the the word blogger and influencer is, you know, used in so many different topics. And in the travel industry, the cliche is basically that we're always on holiday. And I guess you've heard this a lot before as well, that people just wish you, you know, a nice vacation, enjoy your trip, have a happy holiday. And that's not what is really happening. But, you know, the thing that we portray on Instagram, of course, looks a little bit like we're vacationing because we're showing the nice places and the hotels and all these beautiful things. And we don't really show the behind the scenes work. So it's a bit our fault, maybe as well, that there is a negative connotation in that sense. And I think it's just important that people realize that it is a job. It's I love it. I like I really do it because I love it. But we do work. There's a lot of research going into this. I also pay a lot of my trips by myself. So the India uh, trip, for example, I paid most of it myself. Have I thought that I would have the chance to refinance it after the trip? In this case, uh, Corona kind of crossed this plan. But um, it's it's a business. You have to make decisions business-wise. You have to negotiate with clients. You have to, of course, edit photos and write blog posts and all that stuff. So it is really a business. And I think this side is not portrayed enough in the public eye. I think this is why we should also talk about it sometimes. Because I think that people forget that when they think about the word influencer, they always think like some Kim Kardashian, somebody who's like famous for being famous, just a girl who is posting selfies of herself without doing much work, is gaining the followers, the likes, the money. Like it's always this self-obsessed kind of industry. But there are other people basically who are influencers because they have a, a certain knowledge they have a certain expertise in the field and this is why so many people are listening to them and this is why people like you have to use this kind of power of talking to that many people in order to give them the right message not just to promote yourselves yeah exactly i think it's really important to have not just an opinion but also something of value that you can add to other people's life not just do it because you like it but also because you can give something back to your readers and your followers I think if the intention is right, then it's then it's all right. Well, yeah, this is this is this something I think we should really always talk about because this is really an undermined topic, and it's easy to actually use these words negatively because there's so many people who support this kind of uh, cliche. 
I think, unfortunately. And it's not always they're doing it because they sometimes they just don't know better. And this is the only way they think they, the world will accept them. I have another question to you. What are your plans for the future? Now that you're actually working on some other projects, do you think that you will return back to business and back to travel blogging when you're back? Or you think that you will probably change the focus a little bit? Yeah, I think the the corona crisis is kind of a moment where we all embark on a journey of self-doubt somehow and figure out if we're really on the right path. And I don't know, people are redecorating their homes and questioning their food choices and everything. But the same goes to the careers. I think people are really wondering right now, like, is this, is this what they want to do for the rest of their lives? Are they on the right path? And I am also questioning a lot and thinking about what I will do in the future. And uh, obviously, there's also practicalities. I do love traveling. I love the tourism industry. I'm really passionate about it. But I don't know how it will work. And most of my traveling, at least, is international. So for this year, I'm pretty sure that I will have to stay within Austria. And I think uh, this is going to be one major change for me to travel nationally within Austria. Not that I'm like, I don't think it's bad. It's just not it hasn't been my focus. So I have to, you know, set my focus to something different right now, find new angles, new ideas, and uh, then take it from there. It's a, it's always a process. Let's talk a little bit about um, gender stereotypes. We're, uh, we're both part of Bell Collective. We published a book uh, recently. You're part of the exhibition of Bell Collective. I have a little bit provocative question to you. When it comes to gender stereotypes, especially in social media, what, what kind of stereotypes annoy you most? What is annoying for you when you hear something about female photographers, for example? Yeah, I mean, what happens to me on a regular basis is that people and also clients ask me who takes my photos. So this is something that I really take personally because I, surprisingly, I take my photos myself. But this is what happens that people somehow don't believe that women can take photos because women are usually, as you said in the beginning, they are the object, you know, they are in the photo, but they don't take the photo. So people have asked me, clients have asked me like, are you bringing your husband? Is he taking your photos? Oh my God, his photos are so amazing. And like, oh yeah, this hurts me. And I think this is partially because uh, on social media, cliches and stereotypes are usually amplified. Everything that is a cliche works quite well on social media. So if the cliche photo is the one of a female in front of an infinity pool, then this works well. If the cliche is the man hiking, you know, in, onto an adventure in the mountains of Georgia, then this is the male cliche and stereotype. I think both are wrong. I think in both cases, we need different kinds of visuals and images because Stereotypes for women are as bad as stereotypes for men. Both things have to be changed. Your husband is actually a fashion blogger, which and, and you are a photographer and travel photographer. So you are actually kind of like swapped when it comes to those very stereotypical uh, understanding of what a female uh, photographer or a male is. Do you feel like you are uh, sending a certain message or you probably should like send a certain message uh, through your work that you can do whatever you want without being judged and stuff. 
Yeah, it's, it's not that we planned, you know, to uh, fight the stereotypes. It's just who we are. My husband, he was always into fashion. He went, you know, to fashion school and everything. And so for him, that, that's natural. And then for me, the photography kind of evolved. So now I'm his, you know, the Instagram wife. I'm on the other side of the camera, usually, you know, in not so pretty clothes, maybe like him at least. So yeah, the stereotype in our, it's totally reversed in our world. And I think although it didn't happen for like a purpose or a reason, we do use this now to change perspectives on what women are like and what men are like, and that it's not normal and not standard. And there's not these normative rules, how everyone has to be, especially when it, you know, comes to the pressure of being successful on social media. I think people think they have to follow maybe a certain recipe and that's not true. You can follow and be true to yourself and how you are and your voice and just do something that might not fit into the box and into the norm because it might help other people who don't fit into this box. This is actually great. And this is actually like follows uh, my next question, because I said, like, why do you think the stereotypes uh, on social media exist? And what is your role as an influencer to change that stereotype? Yeah, I think we are certainly we are a bit responsible for the next generation, at least for people who might look up to us. And I, you know, I didn't have this role model when I was young. That's why maybe I also only found out that I liked photography so late. I only, you know, I started when I was already in my 30s. I never touched the camera before that. So I didn't have this role model and I didn't have this one person that was, you know, for me, this person that I could look up to and be inspired by. And I think... This is kind of the chance that we have now on social media that so many people can be role models, but they have to, you know, be responsible about it and think about what kind of message they're portraying and sending out there. And this would be my wish to, to, yeah, social media to be more inclusive and more show more of the multitude of perspectives and of people. And I think this is kind of a trend and it's already happening, but the travel industry might be a bit behind in that sense. <laughs> Well, when it comes generally to any kind of stereotype, uh, it takes like baby steps to change it. And a lot of uh, women, a lot of girls, you know, they don't know that there are all these opportunities for them because they open Instagram and all they see is like, oh, I can be a makeup blogger or I can be a fashion blogger. And that's the only thing they see women represented. And I don't think it's bad per se to be a fashion blogger at all, but there should be all these opportunities and in any kind of profession, uh, like little girls and boys, they, they both uh, should see that there are options for them in any kind of field. You know, there is an option for women in STEM field. There is an option for women in IT. There is an option for boys to become like, I don't know, dancers, hairdressers, anything which is associated with the stereotypically uh, female profession. Men can be that and there should be no stigma around that. Sensitive boys are fine. Very strong and powerful women are fine. This, this sh there shouldn't be this like gender stereotypes at all. And this is our job to create this kind of role modeling for future generation. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I have another question for you. Um, I, do you really believe that there is a specific female gaze in photography? Do you really think that women make different pictures than men? 
because very often, you know, you meet a client and they're like, oh, we wanted to have a female photographer because of a certain and you are like talk, thinking what what is he talking about so what is your take on this is there a female gaze or female topics yeah i don't think there is one female gaze or one female perspective as there is not one male perspective or male gaze but there is a multitude and there's millions of perspectives and i think what is what i said in the beginning you know social media magnitude or magnifies one specific kind of perspective and this is where the, where it's lacking it's lacking to show all these different perspectives and it's not just the female ones it's the one of other like groups that are i don't know underrepresented in in media and that's social media gives the chance for those people to open up and to be their own channel and not rely on mass media to portray them and then i think this is There is not one female gaze, but there is millions of female gazes. And let's put those on covers of magazines and everywhere where they should be. I think you recently shared uh, this analysis that they made with magazine covers, photos on magazine covers, where they analyzed how many were shot by a man and how many were shot by women. And there is no representation there. Geo magazine, that big German, I love that magazine. I even have a subscription, very old school of me. They had 100% male photography on the cover. And this is where the perspective gets too narrow and we are not represented. And I also don't feel represented. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times, of course, uh, all these companies, they are not deliberately evil, you know. They're not like, ah, oh, let's pick up men. But it's just this uh, general... Um, Uh, combination of different factors which uh you know like the, the that for example the editors are male and they know more men or maybe men are more pushy because of traditional psychology of uh, how men approach jobs this is all very complicated and i think like we're not probably even digging deep enough to today uh talking about it but there are a lot of issues which are uh, which need to be addressed and i, I really believe that uh, we need more women uh being uh on the covers we should talk uh, more about women photographers we should give them the chance to to show their work sometimes you know like people are against quotas but i think we really need some certain quotas right now in order to not to have them in the future we need to create this kind of pool of female role models for the future girls to look and be inspired by them and then like choose the pro this profession and be like really really good in that kind of profession yeah i think this is what bell collective ultimately is all about to to address this and to raise awareness that there are females in the travel photography scene surprise surprise because this is you know the first thing that uh, clients might say that they just didn't find any women they are here but they just need to have visibility and i think this is kind of the ultimate goal right for us to create visibility for more perspectives for more females in this industry and i think as you said you don't need to you know push it by means of force but just by means of awareness and people just realizing that we are underrepresented I think that a lot of people don't understand that I've, I always get this comment. Oh, why are you complaining? Women have the same rights as men. You're just not doing enough. Oh, there are enough people. I know that person. She's a photographer and she's on the cover. And like, you know, people are always undermining the, the struggle. And this, the truth is that we are on paper. We do have the same rights, but at the same time, we're still at this kind of transitional period where on, on paper, We are equal, but then when it comes to real life, there are still all this like stereotypes and cliches in people's brains. Just like a 
40 years ago, some women couldn't vote it's still in Europe. They got their voting right in Switzerland only in 1972. So what kind of equality we're talking about if just 100 years ago we were not allowed to do anything and now all of a sudden we are given all these rights on paper, but many are confused, many don't, many don't know what to do. And all the stereotypes are prevailing in the older generations and these older generations are giving the stereotypes onto younger ones. And this is just a very long process and uh, probably not in our lifetime we will really gain this kind of uh, equality. Yeah, I think the women, you know, in the 60s who were fighting are maybe now looking at us and are like, oh my God, it's still there, you know, <laughs> not a lot has changed <laughs> 60 years later. But yeah, it's just, as you said, it's a process and it, it's taking a while, but I feel like we're on the right path and the awareness is there and it's just, you know, we are not fighting big problems anymore. That's, to be frank, you know, it's not that we have to fight to get seen, to get a vote in society that... You know, all these things are getting much better for us right now. There's obviously countries in the world where it's not as equal as it is in, in our European countries, but we're on a good path and I think we can all contribute to that. A lot of women are supporting patriarchy. If you're a woman, doesn't mean you're a feminist. If you're doing something great, something in one field, doesn't mean that you know, you're, you're really well in, in the, another field. And the problem is, of course, that there are a lot of women still uh, who are uh, very conservative and very traditional, and they're probably against all those kind of movements. They see feminists as something bad. They see feminists as like this evil women who are like burning their bras, the stereotypical uh, thing, but they're definitely, I mean, as a feminist myself, I, I really also want to acknowledge that I have to be thankful for all the things we already, which we already gained. I'm very ha uh, happy that I can talk uh, to people. I can express my opinion. I can do whatever I want. I can choose whom to marry. You know, I can choose uh, what to study, uh, what kind of profession to get. But there's still a lot of communities around the world which don't have those opportunities. And I think that a lot of current uh, like really young generation they're so uh, impatient because they just want the change to happen right now this is why they're always telling like writing on social media like oh that's not enough like you know everybody has to be punished and patriarchy uh, against patriarchy and yes of course i understand you but we still need to wait because human brain does not evolve that fast i guess I mean, you know, I'm not uh, against feminism and I think there's so many different ways of being a feminist and I love the angry ones, I love the loud ones, I love the ones who go on the streets and, you know, scream, fight the patriarchy. I think they're, they have valid points, it's just not me, you know, that's not how I am personally, I'm more the the quieter one on this on this front and I think all of that in the end, you know, it comes together and it hopefully creates some change and this is what we can contribute to in, in, in our lifetime at least small steps. Marian, like I think we should probably uh, change the topic a little bit because I think a lot of people are also interested in um, your um, tips maybe about photography. I know that a lot of uh, amateur photographers are following us uh, and uh, I always get uh, those kind of questions in my DMs. So probably I will ask you a few. Changing the topic completely. Tell us about uh, which equipment do you actually use when you uh, on your travels? What is your uh, camera of choice and the lenses of choice? Maybe you can share with us. Yeah, I keep it quite minimal. I'm not a heavy carrier, so I have um, 
mirrorless camera, Nikon C6. I have one go-to lens that I, that I use all the time, which is my 24-70 millimeter 2.8 lens. This is the one that I love and I use for almost everything. Once in a while, you know, if I go on a safari, I will pack a tele lens or something longer to, to get nice animal shots. But I try to not pack too heavy. Sometimes I use my drone when the occasion is there and when it's allowed. I'm, I'm kind of, I want to follow the rules <laughs> as opposed to many other bloggers, I think. Uh, and that this is my main setup. I don't take so many photos with my phone anymore. So it's really 99% camera photos. And um, what about right now? I mean, you said that you have different projects, but do you still take pictures while you're in quarantine? Maybe some uh, self-portraits or some pictures at home? Um, what is your day? I really don't take a lot of photos. I did take some of, you know, a nice sky and a nice sunset, but I'm, I'm really, I'm inspired by traveling and I miss it a lot. So I also miss the photography part about it, but I'm, I tried some food photos because my neighbor, she's a, she's a chef and she cooks really beautiful Ayurvedic cuisine. And she gave me a few of the dishes to try and I took photos, but I won't get, become a food photographer in this lifetime anymore. <laughs> I think many of people who follow us, they probably not go out right now. So maybe you have some kind of tips which you can give to people who are staying at home. Maybe they can do something with their, like, what what would be your recommendations in order to not rust rusty up? Um, yeah, I think, you know, what you can do at home now is to, to study light. This is something that I love to do while traveling as well. I visit uh, certain places, you know, once during the morning light and then the midday, the harsh light, and then again in the afternoon and until sunset and just see how everything changes with light. And I think this is something that teaches you a lot. It teaches you to look at things in a different way and it teaches you how to use light in photography, which is, for me, it's essential. I, I only work with natural light. I never use uh, studio equipment. So right now, I think at home, you could use, you know, whatever you have at home, whatever subject you want to shoot. It could be food, could be anything else. And just try it in different light situations and see how it changes and what it does in your camera. I think this is quite an intriguing way to keep on photographing, even if you're stuck at home. Yeah, like I am still going out a little bit. So I'm trying to photograph the things around me. And it's quite interesting because I start like looking for things around in Berlin, which I haven't visited before. And I'm biking a little bit with my phone or with my camera. And uh, I'm trying to find those parts of Berlin, which actually don't look like Berlin and trying to photograph that. Or now, for example, the beautiful sakuras next to my house are blooming. So it looks like a little part of Japan. So I'm kind of like biking through and thinking, ah, I imagine I'm right now in Kyoto. And this is, this is really exciting because you're trying to see your own city through the eyes of a foreigner or like a tourist. So I'm being a tourist in my own city. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely trying to do more pictures at home, but I'm not really a food stylist. Usually when I uh, start um, cooking, I, I cook pretty well and I love it, but I usually just eat it very fast without taking any pictures of it. Many of my friends on Instagram who are uh, travel photographers are now converting into like food photographers. <laughs> because they're all stuck at home. So they're like, oh, here's my travels through the cuisine of the world. 
I did the same thing like the first few years on Instagram when I signed up 2011. I went on all these Vienna Insta walks and just looked at my city, as you said, from a new perspective. And I noticed things that I never noticed before. So I loved that. But I did that for so many years already that now I'm kind of like, okay, <laughs> can I go traveling again, please? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I also miss traveling, especially, you know, I actually made a a choice uh, in January I had a very big uh, trip to New Zealand together with my husband it was our kind of postponed honeymoon and after I came from New Zealand I actually made a choice of saying I was like I will stay at home for like a few months because I was traveling in the past few years uh, extensively I was I was in I don't know how many countries during the, the year maybe at home I spent only like a week in a month And this is why I decided to actually stop traveling for a while. And then the Corona crisis happened. So now I'm actually staying at home a little bit longer than I thought. Honestly, I still kind of feel very relaxed. I know this is, a, again, a very first world kind of attitude towards the, um, the pandemic because I, I have a possibility of staying at home. I still have some jobs. I mean, I've lost most of my, most, all of that, all the, all of the travel jobs. But at the same time, I still have a possibility of being at home right now and learning new stuff. I'm listening to new podcasts, which I never did before. I'm watching lectures online. I'm attending Coursera courses um, from different universities. Then I also picked up uh, my drawing lessons again, which I do online again. And this is something which I uh, now find time and I force myself also to find time for because you can always also just sit home and procrastinate and do nothing and just scroll through Instagram feed. But I think now you don't have an excuse to procrastinate. I think the pressure is really high and a lot of people maybe not feel like, you know, being productive right now. And that's totally okay as well. I think you should not tell people to, you know, learn a language now or bake banana bread, but just let them maybe cope with the crisis because this can also be, you know, psychologically not so easy for many people. So I think we, we on social media need to be careful what to portray here. I, I'm not always productive as well <laughs> i have to admit <laughs> yeah me me as i said like i'm very good at motivating motivating other people but when it comes to myself honestly i also have to i, I have a feeling that i need to stop feeling guilty about doing doing nothing for a while because you know you watch instagram and everybody's like just like hustle work do it you know and you're like uh -huh. i just i just don't i just uh -huh. and you feel like such a failure sometimes like I very often I feel like a failure because there are people who are able to do everything. And my husband is one of them. Writing a book, starting a new business, you know, doing a very successful podcast, working out, like looking great. And I'm just there, just like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You know, I saw this uh, this tweet lately where someone tweeted like, if you showered today and brushed your teeth and ate something, you're fine. And I was like, fuck, I didn't shower. <laughs> like, I didn't even manage all this. <laughs> so yeah, it's all right to not be productive all the time, I think. <laughs> When we will come back to our usual routines, it will be kind of hard because now I'm waking up every day at like 10.30 in the morning and... Uh, going back to waking up at like, okay, I don't want to confuse people about when I wake up, but like, let's say 8.30. I mean, uh, and I go to bed, like we usually play PlayStation. We bought a PlayStation 4 
And now we're going through all Uncharted uh, games one after another. Uh, so every night at 10, at 10 p.m. we start playing and like we play for around like one hour and a half, two hours. And this is this became a routine. I cannot imagine getting getting out of this routine. It feels so comfortable and comforting, actually. Yeah, I think it's going to be a change for sure. Thank you for letting me in on this <laughs> little secret of yours. <laughs> we went off the track completely. I have a question. What was your most memorable trip and uh, with whom it was and where? No, that, that's not so easy, actually. It's one of those questions that I get asked a lot, like, what was your favorite cu country or what was your favorite place? And I can never answer this <laughs> straight. I do, you know, I, I love Africa. I've been a couple of times by now on safari and this is always my happy place. So this is, I hope I can also go back there uh, this year. I had made some plans for the end of the year. So maybe this is still going to happen, but I'm not sure. But in the meantime, you know, my, my thoughts are with all the people that I met in Zambia and in Botswana and in Namibia and all those countries that are really suffering right now under this crisis. And they really lost all the tourists. So for me, it's important to, you know, also raise awareness and see that we can go back there as early as possible. I left, I always say I left a bit of my heart super cheesy in Africa, but <laughs> that's how it is. And I hope to, to go back and. Maybe visit on my list is uh, Uganda and Rwanda and uh, Kenya and Tanzania. A lot of countries, uh, maybe. Oh, that's, that's a big list. Yeah, maybe not all for this year. Maybe yeah, this big... and next year. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, this year I had I had a big plan. I made a list of, uh, of um, countries I wanted to visit. And uh, it's not happening this year, which is fine, of course. Uh, it's not a life-changing experience that I'm not going to the places I, I, I've planned to. But at the same time, yeah, it's, it feels a little bit pity because, you know, you, you make all these huge plans and then something like totally unexpected happens, something which no one ever predicted. Marion, do you remember Greta? Do you remember Australian wildfires? That happens in January. It was the biggest thing. All this, always this news, which all of a sudden became so insignificant and became so. Greta is probably. I, I really wonder how is she now because the this is the best thing which happened to to climate change in years, I think. And she should be really. She should be really happy about it. I hope she is. I mean, for for the climate, this is like a a moment and a pause to breathe. We'll see how it evolves afterwards. I do hope that this is a chance to re-evaluate things and maybe also invest more into new technologies. And I, I hope that sustainable projects will kind of benefit from all of this, but we can't tell right now. I'm definitely looking forward to um, a lot of things changing when it comes to logistics, a lot of change, uh, things changing when it comes to um, approach to to shopping, a lot of things which are going to change. Like, I think a lot of things are going to change. I'm just not sure how exactly and to which extent, but I'm really looking forward to that better future. That's for sure. That sounded like an ending of some TED talk. <laughs> You're perfect. <laughs> I won't add anything to that. Thank you very much for joining me, uh, Marion. Good luck. Stay healthy. Uh, say hello to your uh, great fashion blogger husband. And um, yeah, have a great evening. Bye, Alina. Thank you. <laughs> and it is a wrap. 
Thank you guys and girls for listening until the end of our first Bell Collective podcast. The one thing I've learned while doing it is that converting Instagram lives into podcasts is an ungrateful thing. No more lives for me, more podcasts and quality audio for you in the future. Thank you for listening and stay out of the box.